The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. War. Next on Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than a team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Yes, Clark. Hey, hey, hey. you can't be Ohio State. Now what? Brady gets terrific. Turns it, and a touchdown night again. Schultz, just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Collinger at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop. And he delivers for Boshin Bench. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan. Greetings, Go Blue. I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to Michigan Podcast. And next segment, we'll actually talk some football. But first, we're going to talk war. And before I get into why it's war, I just want to make sure everyone understands why and how we are here. From the start, this was all a PSYOP. The goal of a PSYOP is to create such pressure as to demand a drastic action without the normal process for doing so. Think, you don't want to kill grandma, do you? So we must cancel all of life with no evidence or data showing that it would even work. And spoiler alert, um, if you don't remember living through that three-year period, it, it didn't. Okay, it, it, it didn't work. Now, PSYOPs do work when you have weak leadership at the top of the entity being targeted. This is why we see so many of them these days, because we have so much weak leadership everywhere you look in the country. However, this time, Michigan didn't buckle as assumed, 
and frankly would have under Mark Schlissel. If Mark Schlissel were president of the university, I wouldn't have gone and saw a football game against Purdue Saturday. There'd be rainbow struggle sessions at the big house, and the season would have been canceled instead. So that didn't work with Santa Ono and a new administration. So the pressure was put on a weak rookie commissioner of the Big Ten instead. And we learned on Friday from multiple sources that he is buckling and wants to suspend Michigan without even an investigation. But see, here's the problem. Michigan, perhaps his most powerful brand, is demanding due process. And now he has another problem. Connor Stallions, the person of interest, has spoken. He put out a statement on Friday night where he clearly said there was no one to blame for this but himself. We've had two weeks of leaks. Not a single piece of evidence has been presented that anybody other than Connor Stallions was involved in this non-controversy. So the commission came here on Friday looking for Michigan to provide him the, the Pontius Pilate Basin to wash his hands of the matter, saying, hey, Maybe I can hold back the mob if you give me something. We'll suspend Coach Harbaugh for a couple of days or a couple of games, rather. No guarantee that that will work, but maybe it will, and that'll satiate him. You're giving me something to work with. Very Pontius Pilate here. The difference is Michigan said, yet we're not going to comply with anything without due process. So now Commissioner Petiti has a fight, and this has become a game of chicken. As it was said in the hunt for Red October, the hardest part of playing chicken is knowing when to blink. Petiti likely feels he has to go with the flow here. But that will likely flow right into a Washtenaw County court with an injunction filed against him in the Big Ten. And even if Michigan doesn't want to battle the league at that level, I think we all know Jimmy would as the Nebraska players who sued the league over canceling the season did themselves. And there's no way Michigan would stop Jimmy from returning to the sidelines like freaking Douglas MacArthur with an injunction in hand. This would put the league in an awkward situation, like when Al Davis was suing the NFL back in the day, but still winning Lombardi trophies from the very commissioner he was suing. By the way, who's one of Jim Harbaugh's mentors? Why, the late Al Davis was, huh? You may think Michigan cheated. You may even be right. I don't agree whatsoever. And that's why we have standards of due process. The precedent set here of action without it is terrible. And rarely in history have good decisions come from something must be done. If you think it's a good idea to let a bunch of unaccountable people randomly act without due process, regardless of the impetus for the alleged outrage, I present to you all of human history as evidence to the contrary. Inquisitions, Duke lacrosse, lockdowns, Israel bombed the Hamas hospital, etc. are just some of the examples, both past and present, that this something must be done never works. You may like the outcome you receive from something must be done now. But remember, it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun. One day, a pharaoh who knows not Joseph will arise and teach you to be careful what you wish for. So you know how to avoid such days and such tragic mistakes? Follow the due process. Now, the Big Ten has let it be known it doesn't intend to do that. So as we speak, and we're recording this a day early today, I've got business travel the rest of the week, so there's going to be a lot of breaking news over the course of time since you watch this on Monday evening, maybe even Breaking news about things like, I don't know, 
a multi-school ring of sign stealing and sign exchanges involving, I don't know, you know, maybe a certain uh, school that lives in a glass house that will have a giant rock thrown at said window. Um, But a lot of developments here will come and go. Michigan has made it clear it's going to the mattresses. It will go to war without due process. And it's already beginning that counteroffensive as we speak. Understand we're here very simply for one reason. The Big Ten doesn't want to wait for due process. It wants to, it wants to bend to a mob. It is a terrible precedent to set. I don't care, as I just said in the Twitter listicle. It's a terrible precedent to set that mob justice is the rage that never ends well. And if you think it's working toward your advantage here, well, by golly, one day it will not. So how about we just follow the due process, have an investigation. If Michigan is as guilty as you think, then just hammer them at the time. Why in the world would you ever want to act without an investigation? Here's why. Your agenda isn't fairness. Your agenda isn't justice. Your agenda is something else, something like, well, we probably can't beat this team this year, so maybe we'll have the system beat them instead for us. That's an agenda. There's nothing justified in that whatsoever. Michigan basically started the Big Ten Conference. It has been the biggest brand in the Big Ten Conference. The opinions of schools like Purdue and Illinois and Indiana are irrelevant. You don't matter. You're subsidies. And you wouldn't be making jack squat, frankly, if it weren't for us. All of you from all the other Big Ten schools owe us a giant favor for offering you even our gleanings because we're the reason why this league exists and we're the reason why you're all about to cash $100 million checks. We've given a lot, revenue sharing. We've, we've punished ourselves for stretching too often while other schools did, well, quarterbacks who admitted publicly Oh, they didn't, they didn't bring me here to play school. We, we played good soldier. We played along. That time, that time is now over. You've been institutionally awakened to Sleeping Giant. Michigan now is about to do what people like me have wanted it to do for many, many, many years. But it's just not in its culture to do. It's making too much money. But see, now, now you want to violate every protocol. Now you want to crush us right as we're having arguably the greatest season we've had in recent memory without any due process whatsoever. You've backed baby into a corner and nobody puts baby into a corner. I'm reminded of what one of the Kaiser's top generals said after they sunk the Louisitania. He said, quote, I afraid I'm afraid all we have done is awakened a sleeping giant End quote. Indeed you have institutionally. You are about to feel the full power of this operational battle station. The Michigan you took for granted would never show, would never return fire, would never fight back, is doing so as we speak. Keep in mind, it didn't have to go here. If I can speak even more bluntly, there are people at Michigan that don't even like Jim Harbaugh. And if you had done an investigation and found that he was connected to this, they might have helped you nail him to a wall. But see, you circumvented that process. You circumvented due process. You circumvented what it meant to be in a league together, to be aligned together. You put Michigan on an island. So therefore, you left Michigan no no chance and no option but to do something it's never done before. 
fully unify between administration, coaches, and fans and fight back. Unleash hell. Steve Dace here, and we get asked a lot, hey, how can we support what you guys are doing at Michigan Podcast? Well, now is a great time to become one of our supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast is where you can go. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And if you go there, we're going to make you a little jingle. Uh, in fact, you would have gotten these a few months ago, before the, long before the season even started. All of my 2023 football futures bets I've made thus far. I can't recommend a selection any more than I bet this myself. And last year, if you followed my football futures bets and you bet alongside of me, you made a pretty nice ROI chunk of change by the time the season ended. So keep up to date on all things we think and do uh, here at Michigan Podcast, patreon.com at Michigan Podcast. But more importantly, just five bucks a month. And chances are you're going to make a lot more money than that following our sports betting selections. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. Again, patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And thanks to all of you that have been supporting us already. We appreciate each and every one of you go blue. All right. Now let's talk some football. Pretty big game on Saturday, Michigan taking on Penn state in the latest big 10 game of the year. This will be the first team in the current top 50 of any algorithm that Michigan will play. Michigan soft schedule is well known at this point in time. Now, Michigan has done everything you can want against such a soft schedule, but a soft schedule it remains. And it seems like it's catching Penn State back on the ascendancy after the Nittany Lions probably should have lost at home to Indiana. They went out and do what they have done for the last three generations, just absolutely blow the doors off of Maryland yet again. But they did so in a promising way if you're a Penn State fan. Drew Aller played his best road game of the year. Maryland, whose offensive line has just imploded and thus has their season. Maryland held to minus 49 yards rushing. Now, I was at the game on Saturday against Purdue and had the all 22 vantage point, just like it did last year against Nebraska. And that vantage point does give you uh, certain perspectives you just don't get from watching on television. Number one, I got a great view of all of Purdue's signals. In fact, I posted several of them on Twitter, but that's not important now. The other thing that is important, Michigan's offensive line is not what it was the last couple of years. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this running game to turn out and to have a dominant performance, and it just hasn't done so all year long. And I think at this point in time, after nine weeks as a team, doesn't mean you still can't improve here or there, but fundamentally you are what you are. I mean, we're 80% of the way through the season now, so you are what you are. This is not the same running team that it was a year ago. Both tackles, uh, Carson Barnhart and uh, and, and Henderson both played poorly. Henderson pretty much gives up a jailbreak every week, it seems, even in, in weeks that he plays well. But Carson Barnhart might have played one of his worst games in a Michigan uniform, from what I saw. There was not a lot of movement there. Now, there were a lot of bare fronts played by Purdue, a lot of five-man fronts, plus guys walking down uh, into the box. They played one single high safety most of the game. So there wasn't a lot of running room there, but it's pretty clear that for Michigan to run the ball downhill, which I think is how you beat Penn State. Penn State's weakness, as we showed last year, is lining up and running the ball right at them downhill. Physically, uh, they're great. They're, they're, they're tremendously athletic, but they physically still struggle at the point of the t attack when you challenge them on that physical level. I don't know that we can do that this year unless we run J.J., 
and we present that option so that the guy crashing into the box has to hesitate and honor the quarterback run, which, of course, opens J.J. up to more physical contact. And I thought he was hit way too much against Purdue. Three sacks, but he was under pressure several other times. It just really wasn't a very good game by Michigan's offensive line. It's not as good of a line as it was the last two years when it won the Joe Moore Award. Now, let's keep that in perspective. This is probably still at the low end, a top 20, 25 offensive line in college football here. It's just not the dominant unit we are accustomed to. Here's what that means for Saturday. I think this could look a lot like the Ohio State-Penn State game, where both teams' offensive lines struggle to block the other team's, uh, other team's defense. And I, I think you're going to see that in long stretches on Saturday. The one difference here is... You have a first-round draft pick at quarterback in J.J. McCarthy, where Ohio State right now doesn't. Maybe Carl, Kyle McCord will get there, but he's not that player right now. So the other problem Michigan has, I think, situationally, the game just sets up perfectly for Penn State. I mean, after a great start, Michigan looked like a team that was kind of pressing and, and trying to win 50 to nothing on every single play. And that, that shows me that they have heard some of the noise. Hey, you guys are suck. You're not really that good. You cheated your way to victory and are out to prove a point rather than out to just, you know, uh, play the best football that they can play. If you're out to prove a point in that environment in Happy Valley, even if it's big noon and not white out, you're done. Uh, first down efficiency was terrible for Michigan, leading to way too many third and longs. You face a bunch of third and longs against Penn State in that environment, you're done. Okay, so those are things I think Michigan's got to fundamentally fix before this game. But for Penn State, they know this is their entire season. If they lose here, they're done. I mean, this is not a year where they wanted to go 10 and two, losing to Michigan and Ohio State again and get to a New Year's Six Bowl. This was this was about winning the Big Ten, getting to the college football playoff with everybody they had coming back and the insertion of this five star quarterback. So Michigan will absolutely get Penn State's best best performance for sure. Uh, I do think that this has been more of a distraction than we think. And with more stories to come here this week with Michigan now mounting a counteroffensive, I think that will continue to be um, a, a, a distraction. It could be a distraction when you don't know for sure right now. Your head coach is going to be on the sidelines come Saturday, depending on what happens with the Big Ten and then how fast if the Big Ten acts. Can you get a temporary restraining order or an injunction against the league to put Jimmy back on the sidelines? That's a lot of unevenness. Um, we took their manhood from them a year ago, nearly running for 400 yards. You know they've had this game circled. So situationally, Michigan has the better personnel. But situationally, this moment aligns with Penn State much more. And that's why I'm very, very concerned about this game. You know, it's hard to win every week. Michigan's won 21 in a row against Big Ten competition. Think about it. Of all the great teams and coaches and players that have been here and a part of Michigan football, that's the most dominant streak against the league that Michigan has ever had. Hard to do that week in and week out. So I I think this will be an absolute dogfight. On Saturday, uh, I think uh, 24 points will likely win this game. I think both teams will struggle to block the other team. And then it comes down to whose quarterback avoids the big mistake and is able to make the big throw. I do think that that heavily favors J.J. McCarthy here, but I wouldn't say that that's 100 percent of a. Uh, of of, a, of an equation or a proposition either. I expect this to be a dogfight and, and much closer to the game we played in Happy Valley two years ago than the, uh, the, the all-time classic Judgment Day game from 1997. In fact, I'm pretty concerned about the game, actually. I just, 
there were things I saw from Michigan in person, and I loved the environment, loved the, the, the new scoreboard. It was so much fun. But again, look, setting that aside and looking at the football team, there were things I'm concerned about, about where this team is at mentally heading into Saturday. And, and then if you can't just line up and run the ball downhill anymore against a quality opponent, that relies even more on J.J. McCarthy on the road in a very difficult environment. So we shall see. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, do you believe Jim Harbug, because apparently I can't spell, will coach the team at Penn State next Saturday? 76% of you said yes, 24% of you said no. I think those are odds are about right, actually. So, I mean, 25% odds that Jimmy's not there aren't high, but they're nothing. They're not nothing either. So I, I think that vote is pretty close to accurate. That brings us to our feedback of the week from Football Scout 365, who in response to the poll says, if suspended indefinitely, Michigan has to file a suit. It will. Um, If they suspend for two games, I'd still file it the same way to keep the Big Ten from overstepping. The goal is to allow the investigative process to play out. Absolutely agree wholeheartedly. Oh, let me me deal with this too, because this will come up in the, uh, the comments section here. Now, Steve, I thought you said you didn't care if Michigan did this. I, I don't. I haven't changed my position on that at all. Um, in fact, this is all what Michigan is doing is largely a common practice in this sport, as you're going to learn more and more as this week commences and may have already learned by the time this episode airs. I, I don't care. Don't don't misunderstand. I'm, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not like some of you. I'm actually able to think multiple things at once. So this has nothing to do with whether I'm morally repulsed by what Michigan is alleged to have done, even if it did everything. I'm not. I mean, I, I don't care if Jimmy went full Colonel Jessup and ordered the code damn red himself. I don't care. Okay. I'm merely talking about the process. Okay. Laws, rules shouldn't be about opinions. They should be about facts. So, still no notice of allegations from the NCA, not even for Burgergate, let alone this. When was the last time you saw somebody uh, given punishment without an arrest, without an, without an arraignment? We sentence without an arrest and an arraignment? That's not how we do things. That, that's certainly not how we do things if we're in league together. Just have your investigation. And if you're right, put it on the table. Let that evidence be cross-examined. And if a guilty verdict is produced, you can hammer Jim Harbaugh as much as you want. But why not have an investigation? What would be the reasons you would not want to wait for an investigation? I'll answer that for you. They're all bad. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, follow, share, etc. Help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. And thanks to all of you who have done those things to help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. Keep up on what we think all things maize and blue in between episodes at Michigan Podcast on X or Twitter. Whatever you decide to call it these days, at Michigan Podcast is still the name of the account. 
Until the next time, go blue. Big game this weekend. We'll see you then. I'm Steve Dace. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.